breakfast puppies? This podcast contains adult language and content and is meant for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Okay, man. Roll a saving throw versus listening to the Glitter Boys. Righteous. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Welcome back, Matthew. Hey, thank you. I almost sound human again. <laughs> almost. <laughs> Especially now that we've turned off that monitoring. Oh, my God. Uh, previously, you were both a robotic scratchy post. Now you're just a scratchy post. I'm, you know, I I really feel like I was channeling Starscream, but, you know, with, with more bass. <laughs> yeah, I was like... Because because I, I I felt it in me, but I don't know that I have the range to really push the air over my wounded, heated bits in my throat. Oh, man. But I, yeah, I understand why he would shriek at Megatron right now, and I think with a little more healing, I, I could I could be that person. I've tried to do the Starscream voice in private, and I'm going <laughs> to keep it that way. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> it is important with advancing age to uh, make sure you have uh, moisture in your air as you as you wallow in in the the wonder of that is AC. Otherwise, your 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 bits will will swell and try and kill you. And that is where I've been, and that's all the explanation you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, this is our first session with Matthew after his break. Jacob is also here with us today. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. We're going to go ahead and open up into a topic of... Uh, you want to lead it off, Jacob? Well, uh, I thought Matthew had a question for us. And... Oh, yeah. So I'm sitting here, because we are organized. This is a highly professional podcast, we assure you. And I, I hear uh, session zero. What exactly is session zero? And how do we get to it in the hundreds? Well, you start with it. That's That's... <laughs> One of the key elements. It, uh, oh. So the general conceit of a session zero, and it goes by other names, but session zero has become one of the most common, is getting all the players together around the table to do character creation and other things to prepare for the game. It's not right. the meet in the tavern episode. It's the pilot that never got released episode <laughs> the the writer's room you could oh, say for yeah. the story you're gonna write yeah okay session zero is something that i believe every good campaign needs like if you're all just meeting online or something and sharing emails back and forth and you know the gm's just like oh just play whatever or something i don't think that campaign's gonna last very long a good campaign, I think, requires that first, we're not going to play, we're just going to talk ideas out kind of session. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know there was an actual name for it. Yeah, I mean, it kind of grew out of the tendency for all the players to get together and roll up their characters around the table and have that freeform conversation, check in about what everybody's mm -hmm. playing. And as gaming, you know, just evolved, that started to morph and things started to get adding in uh, game masters of all games would start 
talking about what sort of setting they were going to be running. The group would, if it was a collaborative effort, the group would discuss ideas and stuff. You know, I, I remember vaguely in the Greyhawk hardback a discussion about this. And so that would be mm-hmm. roughly second edition Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and the importance of that, because Greyhawk was such a massive, massive world that really deciding where you were going to start geog- geographically and stuff so players could hone in on what they were going to play and that sort of thing was oftentimes the first bits of discussion. It's evolved since then. I don't think I ever heard the term session zero until it must have been the aughts, early aughts. Yeah, I mean, I first came across it uh, either on the Happy Jacks podcast or the Fear the Boot podcast. Uh, I'd come across it in writing prior to that under a different name, but that was when I first heard it codified as Session Zero, and uh, it's been a thing for over a decade now, as far as I'm aware. So, I, I understand it, but I understand it as being... Um, not, not session zero, but just coming over to roll up your characters or, you know, in this day of, of distance, it would be, you know, getting on teams or whatever and rolling up characters. Now that it's codified, what, what is the, is there something else beyond rolling up your characters and kind of feeling out who's around you beyond it to justify the grandiose title of session zero? Well, uh, for, you know, I use several different forms of session zero, depending on what sort of game I'm running. Uh, normally I tend to run more semi-scripted narrative games uh, rather Mm -hmm. than less free-form games. And so being able to get the players and explain the themes I'm going for, the general concept, conceits of the setting, that sort of thing becomes very important. The other thing is since I tend to run a lot more gritty dark games even if it's fantasy even if it's mm-hmm. high sci-fi riffs whatever we talk about where the trip lines are where where people's limits are on comfort on various things oh yeah and and okay. because that's a factor like i'm sitting here looking at my lovely copy of recon next to me and mm-hmm. i play with a lot of vets and I'm used to having discussions about exactly how far they want to go into that and how far everybody else on the table wants to go into that. Uh, because especially when you're doing things that are real, real close to modern day life, you know, people's comfort levels change topics, what you're yeah. covering, um, you know, the group that has absolutely no problem going after a band of evil slavers may not be the same may also you may also have a group that can't even think about wanting to have that in their game and understanding that and sharing those concepts i don't lay out all the details of the game but i go over the broad themes Mm. i depending on the game i have a couple checklists i use for potential issues that I as a game master need to be avoid or be mindful of. And we, we go with that. And, you know, themes also include, is this like high heroic, you know, where you are the most, you know, 
the the people who are going to definitely win in the end and it's fa- it's heroism from day one to day zero is it the hero's journey or is this uh the usual suspects where only one guy is going to walk out on the far side you know <laughs> it's good to get everybody's expectations set you know or at least bring yeah. them to the same level it lets you avoid the uncomfortable situations of having somebody sit down at the table and thinking they're going to be playing a different game and then not be playing that game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, As opposed to like riffs is a great one where do you really want to just have people throw roll up characters and suddenly be sitting down with a couple hardcore uh, Federation of magic folk. And then one guy playing a dead boy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or yeah. Like, Again, back to that whole, oh, we've been just been chatting online and the GM says, oh, just make whatever. That's that's a recipe for disaster. It's good in a game as broad as Rifts to have that session to sit down and say, look, I only want characters made from this set of books in this part of the world. My game, I'm, I'm kind of wanting to focus more on like the 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 seedy underbelly of the Colorado Baronies. So it's not going to make mm. much sense if we bring in anything from Phase World. But so let's kind of keep the power level low. Or otherwise, it'd be like, look, I'm, we're going to go blow up gods. So <laughs> I, I want you to make a god blower upper, a uh, whole team of them. Yeah, <laughs> three cosmic knights later. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm actually interested in um, what you were saying, Jacob, about checklists. Yeah. Um, for common and I'm I'm just going to use the I, I suppose the word like trigger yeah for that do, do, is there like my, my my gaming is decidedly anti-diluvian like I am not up on the on the oh, current meta yeah so. no I mean there's one of the things I do go through for some of my games is if mm. we are going to have a thing like the uh, even though I'm not a huge fan of the X card for uh, that's a whole side conversation, but like if something's gone a little too far for somebody, how do we reel it back in? How do we, Yeah. and establishing that in session zero is super important. Um, I've run a couple of role-playing games, including one in riffs where everybody was collectively slowly losing their mind in slightly different ways. Uh, the, the old palladium mental illness tables were wonderful. And so, but yeah, to to answer your question, uh, that is the basics. I, the level of the checklist that, and I've got, I have three that I basically rotate through two of them. I got from other sources and heavily modified them. One of them is a great, uh, Google forms, uh, checklist that is really good for groups that have never played together that are coming from Mm. very different backgrounds because it can produce a shared anonymized report for the players but i have the details for who answered what so everybody can like look and see where people's comfort levels are and if you're playing with adults they can be mindful of where everybody's sensitivities and concern are uh, and in some games that matters. So, you know, that, that helps put it back on the group rather than all on the GM to be mm. managing those expectations. I, I like that. I have seen, uh, described 
in non-complementary terms that process on on many groups online, like Facebook particularly, um, in in role in role playing groups. Have you found people to be very like you're obviously using it because you feel it improves your game? Mm-hmm. Have you found any pushback to anyone sitting at the table, or is that literally just an online back in my day nonsense BS that people are just so prone to? I have found pushback to that element of it, and often t- and honestly, um, it usually just takes some explanation of what mm-hmm. we're going for. And part of the strength of the session zero is it helps establish that uniformity of purpose at the table that as gamers, we all should be striving for, which is to collectively tell a story. Uh, One of the things that I think has always been kind of a push pull situation in gaming is how much of that lands on the game master's shoulders and how much I'm willing to take on at the game master for making sure everybody is having fun is yeah. directly related to how much you're paying me. And as a former pro GM, how much <laughs> you know, <laughs> when, when I was getting when I was clearing one hundred and twenty dollars a night role playing running games for people. Yeah, it's it's on me to make sure you're having a good time. The rest of the time, yeah. I don't care how many what bottle of whiskey you brought. <laughs> okay, I understand the kind of person that I am. I feel that I am pretty self-aware, especially when it comes to uh, the way I like to game mm-hmm. and both my pros and cons, my strengths and weaknesses as a gamer. And I feel that I need a session zero, not just as a GM, but I need it as a player. Mm-hmm. If if a GM has, you know, pulled me in to play in their game or I have, you know, expressed interest in a game and it's like, oh, uh, just make a character. Yeah, we'll just do whatever. Here's here's some limits. And we'll just start playing when we sit down. It's like that's giving me some red flags mm-hmm. because that GM hasn't really made any attempt to make sure that this whole group can vibe together. And I need to be able to sit down with everybody there and get the feeling of, do I like, am I going to, am I going to like this, this vibe of these assembled people? And are they going to like the way I play at my ADHD ass uh, (laughs) constantly being distracted and, you know, doing my best to pay attention, but you know, it, it is what it is. It's, it's one of my weaknesses and I got to make sure that, that, that I am not going to bring everybody else down. I think that's really interesting, and especially in in modern gaming, because back in the day, there was the assumption that you at the very least knew most of the people you were sitting down with. You know, you you either knew the DM or another, excuse me, GM or another player or there it wasn't a collection of barely known people mm-hmm. or even even less tenuous than that, like utter unknowns. Um, and I think maybe some of the pushback I was referring to earlier would be the nostalgia factor from just that. Um, just being like, yeah, well, back in my day, it's like, dude, back in your day, there were rotary phones. Like, no <laughs> no one was... We, we weren't meeting by video across the country, man. <laughs> well, the founding fathers didn't intend for us to game this way. <laughs> I, I do, however... I, I, I will play devil's advocate for just a moment here, uh, just for fun. Devil doesn't need an advocate, Matthew. 
I'm just saying. Oh. Devil always needs Devil never needs an advocate. But Do I'll allow the it. devil's work, Matthew. <laughs> Fuck, where was I just going? <laughs> the devil is easily confused these days. I just, there's a part of me that's, that's worried that that was part of the initial nostalgia form factor of it was the, I, I know you as X and that that is how we became friends. As, as you put everyone out there all at once at the beginning in a, in a mass sense, it makes sense. It's like, okay, we're doing this with a thousand people over the course of the next six months. We got to have this form, you know, otherwise mm-hmm. less people will come. But that's a very assembly line mm-hmm. kind of concept for such an intimate endeavor that you're doing with people, which is playing make believe. Yep. And it 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 strikes me not as as problem and not as a problem. I'm not I'm not going quite that far with my devil's advo- advocacy, but it does make something ineffable way more formulaic and way less able to take risks mm-hmm. or make people change through it. Yeah, no, you're you're fundamentally right on that. And honestly, when I said I have like three checklists I use, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I mentioned I modified two of them heavily, and that was literally part of what I was taking out <laughs> um, right. was, and these aren't hard, none of these checklists I'm using are hard yes, no's or that sort of thing. It's all, it's all scale based usually on various topics and that may or may not come up in the game session. Mm. And while there is that assembly line factor to it, uh, you know, man, I'm staring down the barrel of 50 years old. I got a day job. Trying to remember this stuff from session to session is a pain. (laughs) And so being able to grab the sheets and go like, okay, is this going to be an issue next session? And do I need to tweak it? Absolutely. Well, you that's a good point we are getting advanced in our years and we have less time available as become as we get busier and busier with adult shit and other hobbies i don't have time to waste on things that aren't going to fulfill my my needs so gaming is one of my needs it's a hobby but it is one of my needs it is it, it is my need for entertainment my need for that storytelling fulfillment and if i don't get it well, um, I'm going to be pissed off. And if that's because we didn't lay down the basics and make sure that we all vibed right, because, mm-hmm. yes, Matthew, we're all playing make-believe, but there's some people out there whose make-believe is very different than my make-believe. Uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> very different. <laughs> Rule 34 exists, and I'm not cool with a lot of it. <laughs> I was going to say, I wonder if that's a function of, of just the overpopulation and, you know, the strange societal pressures we're all under because, you know, I remember sitting down with friends way different than, well, (laughs) rule 34, for example. Mm -hmm. And there, there are, there is a variety and I think we should address this in, in something else, but there is a variety of dysfunction out there that finds relatively safe expression in the make-believe world, be it World of Warcraft, be it any kind of online community. And it's certainly, certainly prevalent in in gaming. And I've sat down with some sick fucks before, like people that if I saw on the street and no one was watching, I'd put them in a trash can. 
Or yeah. maybe several trash cans. I don't want to game with those there, people. Because there's something... Yeah, there's something fucking wrong with them. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing I've found more often with Session Zeros in particular is just like the initial sit down and roll up your characters, one of the biggest strengths about Session Zeros is being able to have characters develop shared backstories. Yes. And that's a huge, huge plus. Because the amount of hooks you get as a game master out of that, oh my god. To me, it's so much more exciting and fulfilling and inspiring than it was back in the day. Oh, you're running D&D? Yeah, I'm going to bring my 12th level ranger. Back when that was normal, it was totally acceptable. Mm -hmm. I got so used to it. And then as those needs changed, and as I got more used to Session Zero, I was like, I can't even imagine playing that way. Like, sitting down to run a game and somebody just like, wants to bring their established character that's so weird to me oh yeah i mean that's weird in modern day gaming to begin with now people would it's one thing to have everybody roll up characters but to be walking around the character you're moving from game to game is like that kind of went out with the rotary phone (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah, he says, carefully unfolding something out of his pocket and tucking it under the desk. <laughs> <laughs> the character sheet Fucking... you've been keeping in your pocket since, what, the 80s? <laughs> I mean, lamination is not recent. I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's funny. Um, on, on previous episodes, I was telling how I was moving away from D&D, and I find it very interesting that most of this game, uh, most of this session has been using that. And as such, I would like to present you, the two of you, with the last... D&D thing I have besides my dad's dice. This is my Wimmick character. I gave everything else to my roommate's uh, 12-year-old young girl who has just discovered Dungeons & Dragons. And I gave her just about $2,000 worth of D&D stuff for her birthday. Raising that kid right. You know, she's she's a nice kid. She's she's pretty shy, but this is something that's brought her out. You know, it's it's made her... and honestly, I, th- I think a lot of people probably have the same thing, but I just wanted to show you that this is, in fact, my last piece of D&D in the house. He says as he's holding up a very nice mini. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Is that one of the um, pre-painted ones, or did you paint that yourself? It, it is. Yeah, no, this is, uh, this is that uh, 3.5, the tubes they were selling mm. of, of uh, oh, Wizards yeah, of the Coast yeah, stuff. Yeah. This is actually a, 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 a character I had with a friend who's no longer with us. Uh, where we both played essentially giant centaur cats and wreaked <laughs> havoc across Faerun. And I will not get rid of that, but everything yeah. else is gone. <laughs> I know we keep bringing up D&D, but again, it's it's the game that it's hard I not would to. say the vast majority of us, uh, of gamers, of anybody listening, has probably got their start there or at mm-hmm. least spent mm-hmm. some time there and understands the conventions of that game. Yeah, it was only like within the last 15 years of a hobby that stretches back to the 70s that you started to see games that were in some way, shape, or form not in aping of or reaction to Dungeons & Dragons. Mm -hmm. On a recent episode, you and I were talking about how Palladium itself started out as a modification of Dungeons & Dragons in some ways. And, you know, it's... It, things evolve and session zero is just one of those things you know i i know i play devil's advocate but on the whole i like it i am i am in favor of people being 
more open and that the story flows better. That That is the entire point. But I am also one of those, I, I have the, the bad brain chemistry that allows me to instantly poof to all sides of an argument in like this enveloping circle. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, like I, I, can, I can see how this, especially to the same people who refuse to engage with, you know, people saying, so what's your preferred gender pronoun? And they're like, don't you see what I am? Um, those kinds of people would probably still have a problem with this kind of thing. I've run into a few of those often when I explain it. They get it. It's whether or yeah. not they let me explain it. And if they're not going to let me explain <laughs> it, well, you're not sitting at my table anyway. So, you know. You know, I'd be interested if if you feel up to it and if you feel like you have the time, some, some pointers on how you go about bringing someone probably older and more reactionary into a more modern way of thinking in a gentle way that allows them to engage and maybe gives a little chink into that armor of, of anger and fear. Oh, I mean... Yeah, I mean that's a huge topic on its own, yeah. and as some, but I Maybe will say another that, one. Yeah, but I will say as someone who has, in very recent times, run a group with a fifty-four-year-old uh, card-carrying Reagan Republican and a self-described uh, femboy cat at the same table, and had it go swimmingly, it can be done, you know. Nice. Nice. Well done, actually. <laughs> and I think Session Zero probably helped with that, didn't it? Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> 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 Again, Session Zero, especially when you're sitting with a bunch of adults who don't know in each other and don't yeah. know each other. Well, I do it even if everybody already knows each other. Oh, yeah. And that's because I like collaborative storytelling. I like to be able to sit down and say, look, I want to run a game that's like here's my five sentence pitch. Now mm-hmm. let's build the rest of it out together. Yeah. 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 And, and like, we've talked a lot of, uh, from the game master perspective on the power of a session zero. And we've mentioned a couple things here and there, like the, how players will develop shared backstories through a session zero and, and how that's huge benefits. But other things I've seen out of session zeros is players because they have that comfort with the people they're sitting with and you've started this shared narrative and shared space, they'll go, I usually play X. I think I kind of want to try Y. And so you have the person who always plays the mage suddenly going, I'm going to try to play a fighter. And suddenly they're getting support from the other players for taking that risk. And not only the, yeah, you should do that. That would be cool. I think you'd be good at that. Um, to tips on how to run the type of fighter they want to run for someone who's not as familiar with the combat system and has always been a spell slinger or whatever. Uh, you know, you get that teaming aspect of the players helping each other, which, again, I'm a game master who likes putting a lot of the work on the shared mind space onto the players. Mm-hmm. I think that's actually really interesting what you just said, because as, as humans and how we perceive and learn from each other, so much of that is done without bold declarations. So much of that is done in conversation. So much of that is done with, Oh, that's yeah. Here's what you need. Um, so much of that, that, that giving off of who you are as a personality is done through these little micro interactions and not just, you know, the, the, the bold we're showing up. This is who I am. 
And I actually really like that. And I haven't thought about that before, about how much, how much of it is in the margins of, of the human interaction that once you've, you've done a couple hours from that, you can sit down at a table and kind of know that person and kind of know where they're going to go a little bit better. You know, it's session zero. Give it a shot. There's just look online for session zero. You'll find a bunch of different ways to do it. Everything from, uh, fill outs for the game master to give to the players to questionnaires to how to do it to explanations of things like veils and lines to you know all mm-hmm. of that there it, it can be a whole afternoon of going down a rabbit hole and deciding <laughs> how you want your session zero to look like excellent i i now feel like i know session zero <laughs> what did you learn today billy <laughs> I know we, we, I mean, we did a session zero when we put this podcast together. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. honestly, I thought that's where we we're going with this because, you know, there was one of the few, uh, three, three hosts we'd done. I thought this, <laughs> I didn't realize we were talking about the game. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, Matthew, it's good to have you back. Absolutely. Thanks. It's good to be here. <laughs> I, I, I missed it. Um, I'm still a little scratchy, but hopefully my, my dulcet non nasal tones will come back. In the intervening years, if not, get used to it. (laughs) Yes, folks, get used to it. Thanks for listening. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Okay. Starships, magic, mystic martial arts, romance. All of these can be found in A Cloak of Blades by Isaac Sher. You might have heard my name before. I've done a lot of voiceover work for Breakfast Puppies. And I've recently released my first novel. It's available on Amazon as an ebook and paperback, and you can get it for free if you have a Kindle Unlimited subscription. I do hope you'll support my work as you're supporting Breakfast Puppies. And it's been a pleasure talking with you today. Have a good one. You've been listening to The Glitter Boys, a Palladium Books fan podcast. Glitter Boys, Rifts, the Megaverse, and all other such topics are the property of Kevin Sambita and Palladium Books. Please buy all their stuff and help keep them in print and making more games. You can order directly at palladiumbooks.com, and their entire catalog is available digitally at DriveThruRPG as well. Our opening music is 8-Bit Bass and Lead by Furby Guy from freesound.org. This closing music is Caravana by Philip Gross, available at freemusicarchive.org. All sound effects used are self-made or acquired via Creative Commons Zero License. If you like what you have heard, find us on Twitter and Facebook as The Glitter Boys. That's B-O-I-S. And check us out online at breakfastpuppies.com slash glitterboys. And also join us on the Breakfast Puppies Network Discord at breakfastpuppies.com slash discord. And if you want to help us out, please spread the word and help us build a community. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time.